Hello and welcome to the My Heart and Mind podcast, where it's all about creating the feel-good mindset so you can make the most of every moment and reap the benefits of getting the most happiness out of life. And now, over to your host, Sally Crawley. Welcome to episode 19 of the My Heart and Mind podcast. My name's Sally Crawley and today I'm interviewing Jackie Wywitka. She is the Healthy Heart Coach. At the age of 36, she was diagnosed with congestive heart failure, idiopathic cardiomyopathy and aortic stenosis. This was due to having an undiagnosed bicuspid aortic valve. Jackie's life was turned upside down. Since then, she's been on a journey to heal her body, her mind and soul and to reclaim her life. Now she helps others do the same. Heart disease isn't the end of your life, it's a second chance. A chance to learn from the past, live joyfully in the present and to dream about an amazing future. In this episode, Jackie introduces her five pillars of healing the heart. The first is nutrition, the second is exercise, the third is yoga, the fourth is life coaching and the fifth is root cause. Stay tuned to find out more. But before I start with the interview, just a quick disclaimer. In brief, neither Jackie or I are medical practitioners. Our work is not intended to replace conventional medicine. It's complementary. If you have any concerns about your health, your heart, or want to make any lifestyle changes, please get expert medical advice first. With no further ado, over to Jackie. So welcome, everybody. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to Jackie Wywitka, who is here from Vancouver in Canada. Is that right? Almost. Vancouver Island. Vancouver <laughs> Island. See, I'm yeah. never too sure. I never get everything right. So, Jackie, it's so good to have you on the show today. And I'd like it if you could just introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about your life and, importantly, about your diagnosis with heart failure when you were 36, I think. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So my name is Jackie Wojewicka, and I live on Vancouver Island in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. And I am an outdoor adventurist and enthusiast. I love any kind of water sport and hiking. Um, I'm a yoga teacher, trauma yoga teacher. Um, sports coach, so many things. And I'm also an integrative heart health coach. Now, this all started because uh, just a little over two years ago, at the age of 36, I was diagnosed with a bicuspid aortic valve, um, idiopathic cardiomyopathy, and um, congestive heart failure with an EF of 15% or a 15% functioning heart. Mm-hmm. That's very low. It is, yes. <laughs> yeah. So how did that affect you and your life? What treatments did you have to go through and what was the outcomes that were recommended or suggested, more to the point? Um, so I was put on the kind of standard heart failure cocktail of um, carvidrol, so a beta blocker, ramipril, and ACE inhibitor, spironolactone, and furosemide. Um, I actually turned out to be allergic to all of them, 
and to all pharmaceuticals because I had absolutely horrific reactions mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> so that was what I was told. Um, and I was basically told if I didn't do exactly what I was told to do, I was going to die a horrible death. Gotcha. And my life was over. And, you know, I might as well plan my funeral right now. That's hard to take as a 36-year-old. It is very, very hard to take. <laughs> so what, what happened? What, what did you decide that you were going to do to keep yourself happy and alive? Uh, I decided that I had to listen to myself and my instincts because my, unfortunately, the reactions I was having weren't uncommon. Um, I just happened to be very vocal about them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I had hallucinations and nighttime terrors every single night. I thought Dias de los Muertos were chasing me with machetes head-to-toe hives, um, unimaginable brain fog, like I couldn't even string a sentence together. And as you can tell right now, I'm I'm a chatterbox. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fluent. <laughs> I'm very fluent, and I could barely put two words together. Um, and I lost an immense amount of muscle mass. And as an athlete, that's what concerned me the most was the muscle mass and I was called crazy and psychosomatic and just suck it up buttercup (laughs) and yeah so good (laughs) so how did you feel emotionally and mentally that you must have been kind of dragged down by all of that because they're questioning you and you've also got this heart failure diagnosis and you can't tolerate the drugs that have been prescribed for you how did you manage to say so positive I guess I've always, I've never been a big fan of allopathic medicine, of Western medicine. I've always been very skeptical of it naturally. And so when you say allopathic me- medicine, can you just explain that to the listeners? Sure. Yeah. So allopathic medicine is standard Western medicine that you would get at hospitals, okay. at most hospitals. Yeah. Um. And this is because, and again, because I was allergic to almost all pharmaceuticals, which I didn't find out till I got tested for that, um, that, that I was having really bad reactions as a kid anytime I was put on antibiotics. Um, I also have a genetic condition called Turner syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so anytime they tried to treat that, um, I, oh, it, it hurt my body so much. I was in horrific pain with the treatments that they tried on me mm. and everything. So because of that, I didn't trust <laughs> Western medicine to begin with. Um, so it was very easy for me to make the leap from that into, okay, so now I have to do research. I have to talk to people. I have to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. And where did that journey take you? Ah, it took me around the world. <laughs> um, you know, I searched for, I found people who have had heart failure for 60 years and medicine-free, device-free, surgery-free. 
So I knew it was possible because I was finding these people when you start to look. Um, I started talking to Chinese medicine doctors. I was talking to Ayurvedic practitioners. I was on all the support groups, listening and watching. Um, and, and then I was working, and then I started to work with, and I think the real turnaround for me and kind of the research and figuring out what to do was there was a lady in Australia who is a heart-centered coach, and she believes in the body-mind connection of the heart. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. And so she had just finished her counseling degree and was doing free sessions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and put it on social media. And I just happened to come across her post for a free session, and it was like, please... (laughs) <laughs> Talk to me. I need you. <laughs> sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and the universe will deliver <laughs> absolutely so I started working with her and we and just through chatting things through through my whole life like we started when I was like a newborn okay what what do you know about what was happening when you were a newborn what did your parents tell you about your life as a newborn and just talking through everything and talking through all those things we were able to pinpoint pivotal events that had happened in my life that were kind of crucial to my current mental health and well-being and so then we started exploring those and I worked on forgiving the people around those fence and and things like that and through us talking with this I started to come up with a list of reasons why my heart failed yeah and I'm currently up to 10 things (laughs) Okay. <laughs> you know, the 10 reasons why, and even though one of them is a genetic reason, the bicuspid aortic valve, mm-hmm. um, the doctors in Canada won't even recognize that having a bicuspid aortic valve, a faulty valve, as a reason for heart failure. Right. Okay. You know, so to stand there and be told that, and you're going, but it's... <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. This is something that's physically wrong with my heart. How can this have no, no effect, (laughs) no effect on it. Like, I mean, even if it's not the main reason, like it's surely got to have an effect on it, especially considering how athletic and active I am (laughs) and everything. Um, so yeah, so I started working with her and putting this list together. And then as the list grew, I started to work on one thing at a time from the list. Um, So for instance, one of the things was, is that I have a history of anorexia from the time I was 18 months. I stopped eating at 18 months and they never figured out why. And so, and then- Anorexia has an impact on the heart, doesn't it? Quite a strong effect. It has an impact on the whole body because your body needs nutrients. And when it doesn't get those nutrients, it doesn't work effectively. And so, yeah, so, you know, putting that together, going like, oh, well, maybe I should get my nutrients checked. So then getting my nutrients checked to see where they're at and going, oh, well, my iron and B12 and a few other things are zero. Absolutely zero. Okay, so let's fix that. So it's just 
a very logical process I went through of these are the things that could have impacted it. Let's start with one. Let's analyze it. Let's collect data and let's deal with it. Okay. That sounds really logical and it makes sense what you're, what you're saying there. And it's obviously made a difference for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know both of us actually share this belief that having a heart health issue is not the end of the world. In fact, sometimes it can mm-hmm. actually catapult you into new things and a different purpose and direction, etc. And I know that this is something that's happened to you. Do you want to share with me and tell me what happened and what you've started to do? Because you work with people, don't you, with heart disease? I absolutely do. Um, so from all of my knowledge that I gained from the <laughs> literally thousands of hours of research and cold calling cardiologists around the world <laughs> and every and hundreds of hours of messaging people and, and everything, um, I feel that the information I have needs to be shared because looking on the, you know, the support groups of, you know, I see so many people, you know, going through heart disease who are in bad shape, you know, and one of the statistics that, you know, people may or may not know is that one third of people with heart disease get better. One third of people stay the same. And one third of people De, uh, degrade, degenerate. And so it's, I, it's, it was heartbreaking to, for me to watch people knowing those that there's those three very clear third, third, third groups and they're not getting better. They're feeling worse. They're absolutely miserable. You know, they're not able to live their lives, but I started to question, like, what is the difference between these three groups? Like, what is it that we're missing? And from my own experience dealing with our medical system here, um, I found that my treatment, because this is just for me, <laughs> um, is was one-sided. Nobody talked to me about nutrition. Nobody talked to me about exercise. And I was, in fact, denied cardiac rehab because I was too young and too athletic. Oh, I, w- okay. I, I didn't think yeah. age came into it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it does in universal health care because we have very few resources. And so you're basically put on a list and depending how you're faring is how you are on the list. So the worse off you are, the higher you are on the list. Um, and then, you know, and nobody talked to me about the mental impact there was no counseling offered no psychologist offered nothing i was kicked out of the hospital and wasn't even told what medicines to take Mm. so you must have felt Mm. very alone very lost very scared absolutely and unempowered (laughs) unempowered and i felt like i'd been kicked to the curb and i was a piece of dirt nobody cared You know, uh, so I decided to make a difference because from what I was seeing on in the groups, I wasn't the only one who was feeling like this and who was having similar experiences to this. Um, So I decided to become a heart health coach 
to help those like myself who don't feel that they're who feel that there's something missing from their treatment um, and but they don't know what it is or maybe they know what it is but or have a feeling what it is but they don't know how to start and where to look and how to gather information because a lot of the support groups and things don't allow um, sharing of articles they don't allow talking of anything other than the medicines that you're taking and the foods you're eating they don't allow any other discussion um, I've been banned from so many <laughs> heart health groups from talking. I know I'm a rebel and I'm very verbal I'm very outspoken about <laughs> about this um yeah so I want to help those people who are looking for something to complement something different or maybe just don't believe in western medicine and want to be treated naturally that's totally fine um i honestly believe yeah and to be empowered with knowledge and choice so i want to give you my knowledge so that you can make an informed choice because i don't feel that patients are being given the correct information or enough information to make a truly informed choice. Right. Okay. So that's part of your mission. That is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know that you have um, five pillars that is part of yes. your working. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Explain to me what the pillars are and how they impact on recovery. Sure. Absolutely. And survivorship and thrivership. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So the name of the game is to thrive, not just survive. You know, you sh you deserve the best life, whatever that looks like for you. And I want to be clear, nobody has a right to dictate how that looks for you and how you achieve that. Even if you're in the doctor's office and they say you have to do this. Doctors are just consultants. They can give you their educated opinions, right, on what they think you should do, but you by no means have to take that opinion and do it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's kind of where this whole started out. And so as I was researching, I kind of came across that there were kind of five areas that were that I felt were important to thrivership and not just surviving so some of so number one is nutrition so and when I say nutrition I don't mean the standard diet that the doctor gives you because guess what we all have different genes we have different bodies our ancestors come from different places in the planet my ancestors are from Poland the Ukraine Britain and France. So is a mango going to be the best thing for my body? No, because that's not what my body was made for. Right? My body is a northern body that needs meat and fat. Historically, right? So, so with nutrition, we, you know, I think it's important to look at um, what your body is lacking and to figure out how to replace that, whether it's supplements or diet, and also to figure out what you're sensitive to. Okay. 
So do yeah. you do that with the, with your clients where you? I do. That? Yeah. Yes. So I work through an autoimmune protocol mm-hmm. where we identify what you're allergic to, and then I also give you a list of suggested nutritional testing <laughs> to ask your doctor for. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To see where we are at. And you also keep a food diary and we look at that and we see what are we missing from this. Yeah. It's very much, it's very logical. Um, and then we take all that information and then we build a diet tailored specifically for you. Mm-hmm. So it's for any, each individual person. Absolutely. You know, um, like many people may not know that only 25% of the Earth's population are sodium sensitive and should be on the recommended um, salt requirement. The rest of the population, so that's 75% of the planet, need more than three grams of sodium a day. Okay. And this right? is all backed up with scientific information. Data. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can find, you know, the most... Uh, The biggest source of information for this is actually a cardiac researcher called Dr. James DiNicolatino. And yeah, Um, and he wrote a book called The Salt Fix. And his most recent book is called The Mineral Fix. Um, So he's a great place to start with. So this is a great example of where, you know, low sodium isn't right for every heart patient. Right, because for instance, salt controls your atrial sinus node, your pacemaker of your heart, right? So if you're part of that 75% and then you you go on a low sodium diet and you're feeling worse and your heart rhythm is getting worse, maybe it's because you're part of that 75% and you need much more salt in your diet. And yeah, and so it's, it's all, uh, yeah, so anyway, so that's just an example of how we're all different and we need to really listen to our bodies and, you know, and kind of respect what our body needs. So that's nutrition. And then the second pillar is exercise. Now this is, so when we exercise, right, we speed up our heart rate and our blood pressure goes up because we're, our body needs more blood to fill itself and to exert itself and so this is a little workout and your heart's a muscle so it needs that workout it needs to do that to get strong but here's the kicker is that if you over exercise you can actually put yourself into cardiogenic shock and do harm to your heart right okay okay which can set you back so it's very key to figure out where your optimal everybody has a sweet spot of heart rate your optimal heart rate is and that's where you want to spend most of your exercising time in that heart rate range and so i help you figure that out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah i have mathematical formulas that i use um from from a cardiac rehab researchers Mm -hmm. that I found and we figure out that sweet spot 
and we get you to that point. Now, saying that you have a sweet spot, you know, things also depend. So there's different levels that you can exercise at depending where you are in your stage of recovery. For example, if you've just had surgery or you've been through a huge emotional trauma in your life or um, you've started a new medication because the whole point of heart medicines is to slow down the body systems. Right? Yeah, it is. So you can't go hardcore and exercise when you start those meds. Because they're trying to do the opposite of what you're doing with exercise and then they clash. Right? You have to gently increase your exercise. So that's level one is like the very, very basic, just very light workout. And then level two is when you get a bit harder. And this is when your heart muscle can start being gained to gain some strength. And then level three is being able to exercise at that sweet spot for an hour. And then level four is getting into that back into that high performance area of heart rate. Yeah. So those are kind of the four areas. So I show you how to do that. I show you how to exercise. We figure out your specific sweet spot. And, um, and I run and I have a yoga studio and one of the programs I run through there is a cardiac rehab hit where everybody in the class yeah we all everybody has their own sweet spot everybody has their own heart rate monitor and we just work out as a group to your own heart rate so we do that um and then the third thing is uh learning to is yoga and breathing so one of the one of the most important things you can do for your heart is diaphragmatic breathing. All right. Now, in our modern stressed out world, right, our body is in flight and fight response. Okay. And that means that instead of breathing from the belly, which is what we're made to do when we're in a relaxed state, we're breathing from our chest a lot of the time, which means that. You know, you're only getting a short little breath in the lungs. All right. Um, I like to use the example of Buddha, called a Buddha belly, to give yourself a Buddha belly. Have you ever seen a statue of Buddha, yeah. Sally? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've rubbed the belly a few times. Washboard <laughs> abs. He has this nice big belly. <laughs> and that's because he's relaxed. Now, the thing is, is that when you breathe from the belly, and you use the diaphragm, which is the muscle that helps control breathing, you actually give your heart a massage every time you breathe from the belly. Mm -hmm. Okay, who here likes a massage? Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So imagine if you could give your heart a massage like 99% of the time. If you could breathe diaphragmatically, wouldn't it be in such a relaxed and happy spot? Mm. I'm diaphragmatic breathing now, just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so that's a big part is retraining you how to breathe so that we can switch off your flight and fight mm -hmm. response. And our flight and fight was so useful as cave people. Tiger, bear, run, ah! <laughs> right we don't but have a lot of bears I'm... not now <laughs> no no we get cougars and bears here but that's another story <laughs> but now things you know like 
having lights on when you're sleeping, right? A light street light coming through your window, um, right? Like a car backfires in the muffler and goes kapow and your heart jumps, right? You're looking at your visa bill going, holy, how the hell am I going to pay this <laughs> at the end of the month and stresses you out and your flight and fight kicks in. So in our modern day, we're so exposed to flight and fight, you know, and to turn it on. And this creates inflammation in the body, which can cause chronic illnesses of all sorts of variety. So learning to diaphragmatically breathe, learning to visualize positive thoughts and give those positive thoughts because there was a study at, um, I think it was Harvard, uh, a couple of years ago, and it showed that if you volunteered over 200 hours a year, you can reduce your blood pressure by 40%. It's really, really interesting. So, you know, just breathing into the belly and then sending yourself some love and then sending your love out to others in your life or just the planet because the planet's hurting right now. So, you know, just giving some love and receiving some love is important, you know, can help turn off that flight and fight and reduce inflammation in the body. And then the, the other thing in that category is yoga, because I think it's really important um, because number one, you know, um, we need to keep our muscle strong and the yoga poses help that but also it's all fine and dandy to be meditating or sitting in a chair doing diaphragmatic breathing but what about when you're up and walking it's what about if you're cleaning the house <laughs> yeah exactly it's really hard to do and so part of yoga is training you to do the diaphragmatic breathing while you're in different positions in the body um, and so getting uncomfortable with that, being comfortable with that. So that's the third pillar. And then the fourth pillar is life coaching. Because, you know what, being diagnosed with any chronic illness, including heart disease, is a huge life change, game changer in your mind. And, you know, um, Maybe you were the super dad who did everything and he had a heart attack and now you have to take it easy and he can't be super dad anymore, right? That's a huge blow to the mind and mentality, right? Um, I know one thing that I've heard many people and myself have been afraid of is how do I let my boss know that happens without getting fired? You know, what are my my rights what are the labor laws for that do i have a right do i you know how do i tell my family about it how do i tell my friends about it all that sort of thing so i think so life coaching is a big thing i think a big part of this process is you've been giving this huge diagnosis now how do you continue to lead an amazing life and not feel that your life is over and not feeling and not feeling like you can talk to anybody about it because I think you don't need to, it's not important it's not important to let it consume you you know 
having heart disease shouldn't be the main thought in your head every single day. It shouldn't define you, should it? It shouldn't, no. No, but you should be able to say to people, oh, yeah, I've got heart failure. Yeah, it was a big deal, but you know what? I overcame it, and it was awesome. See, look at this. I'm going to go water ski. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I'm going to kick your butt at it, too. (laughs) You should be able to say that. You shouldn't feel like you have to hide it because it is now a part of you. It's not who you are, but it is a part of you. Yeah, it's, so, it's part of your new life. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. However that may look for you, because we're all different. So that's the fourth part is finding your way back into your life through life coaching. And then the last part, my fifth pillar is, um, is what I call the detective work. And this is what was done for me by this lady in Australia was going through your life, trying to pick out pivotal points that could have led you to heart disease and then helping you to make a plan to mitigate those as much as possible. Okay. So do you, which do, I mean, is it an equal amount of time that you spend on each of those pillars with people? Or again, does that di- di- differ person to person? It differs person to person because people come to me with different goals in mind. You know, um, I have people who are, who, you know, just want to be able to go to the playground with their grandkids and play on the jungle gym. You know, they don't want to have to sit there and pant for breath just because they walked across the street. Right. You know, I have people that come to me who are lost with nutrition and that's what they want. And then I have on the other spectrum people who who are like myself, who want to just treat as naturally as possible. And so then they're more interested in the detective work. Yes. So that's really, really fascinating. And uh, so who how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about that side oh absolutely so so you can find me on my website which is uh healthyheartcoachjackie.org you can find me on facebook and instagram at healthyheartcoachjackie and um you can also email me at info at healthyheartcoachjackie.org and that's Jackie with a J-A-K-K-I, isn't it? That's correct, yes. Yeah. To those in the show notes. But before we wrap up, is there any tips or advice that you could share with us today that people could actually take action on in the next few days or so after listening to you? Yes, absolutely. I think the first big thing is you are not alone. That's so, so, so true. Right now, if you're he- hearing this and you f- you're feeling like you are not alone, that you are alone, you are not alone. There are so many of us out there as far as in support groups and, you know, Sally's here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you just know that you're not alone in your journey. And know that every one's journey is unique there is no wrong or right way 
to treat heart disease. Yeah, and don't compare yourself to others as well because everybody's heart disease is different, isn't it? <laughs> oh, 100%, 100% true. <laughs> yeah, don't compare yourself. And I think the biggest thing, though, is to learn to listen to your body. The biggest piece of advice I can give people if you have chronic illness or you're just or heart disease or you just you're just feeling like crap today is take out a notebook and keep a diary keep a diary of what you eat what you're doing who you're talking to and how are you feeling in those things that's you know doing that and starting to keep track of how you're feeling at which moments you know, you may find some very surprising things. You can notice patterns, can't you, if you write it down? We live day to day in each moment, but there's no comparison. So that's a really good point. So, Jackie, thank you so much. It's been brilliant that you've joined us. It's your morning. It's my evening. So <laughs> I wish you well on the rest of your day. And thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, thank you so much for having me here, Sally. It's been a big pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the show today and if you'd like to stay in touch please pop over to Facebook and join me in the My Heart and Mind community www.myheartandmind.co.uk forward slash community. See you over there. You've been listening to Sally Crawley and the My Heart and Mind podcast a show for you if you've had a heart attack cardiac event or other life-changing experience and want to feel good it's all about mastering your feelings and emotions so you can feel great and live the life you love to find out more visit www.myheartandmind.co.uk and note that that's an and and not the ampersand character go be magnificent <laughs>